Frank, last week we talked about how excited we were that .NET MAUI hit its first release candidate. And kind of at the same time, that meant there's new versions of Visual Studio, new versions of the .NET SDK, and we also got some updates to C Sharp 11. <laughs> no, James, no. Tell me we're not in the beta summer already. It's too soon. It's too soon. I just got the WWDC invitation. Jeez, come on. <laughs> well, you know, I made the mistake that I thought that, you know, I made the mistake that like, only C sharp 11 is in, you know, .NET 7 or whatever, but I'm like, stupid James, like it's a compiler flag. It can just change the Lang version as long as I have stuff and Visual Studios. If it compiles, it compiles, Frank. That's my takeaway. Yeah. If it compiles, it compiles. But I haven't really used anything yet. I haven't flipped <laughs> that Langver bit. However, Kathleen Dollard put out a blog post talking about some brand new updates to C sharp 11, but have you turned it on? Have you played around with the stuff that we did a whole podcast on C sharp 11? <laughs> no, no, not, no, no. I, I, I'm still catching up to C sharp 10. I'm still, yeah. I'm, I'm a year behind James. I'm, I'm really trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm converting everything to pattern matching. I'm using is not null everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't fully embraced records, which is funny, but it, um, it's just because when I'm in C sharp, I'm in object oriented mode. I use mm -hmm. when I want records, I go into F sharp. <laughs> so um, no, I haven't. I haven't. And I was honestly a little caught off guard by the blog post because I was like C sharp 11 seems like an awfully large number what are we up to these days <laughs> and so yeah um it, it's it's a, it's totally a thing um preview three or four you'll have to correct me on .NET 7 isn't this a little bit confusing because yeah we were talking about maui which is right now the release is coming out on .NET 6 but that's not slowing progress james the trains must be kept running and .NET 7 steaming through it's all happening very everything's happening. You're, you're correct. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's all happening. I'm very excited about it. And, uh, I'm with you. I'm also still catching up on C sharp 10, which by the way, still some of my favorite things that I've really enjoyed global usings, mm -hmm. file scope namespaces, super duper yep. good. Yep. Um, the, I, I've, as follow-up, I wasn't sure if I would take advantage of either of those. I back in conversations any code base I've switched over to C Sharp 10, I've fully embraced. Mm -hmm. When I see it indented now, I'm like, what's wrong with this code? Oh, yeah, it's indented. It shouldn't be indented. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But that, the global like... usings, too. Oh, my God. Those are great, especially global static usings. Oh, the best. Oh, those are super duper good. People, it's very underappreciated, this, the global using stuff. So, anyways, there's tons of just really good stuff in there. Uh, I still haven't changed over everything to records either, but they, they have their place. You know what I mean? So, they're in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I did, uh, a little, uh, little video on some C sharp 11 features, but where do you want to start in the world of this update? Because there's some really cool ones to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, there's an update that, that scares the heck out of me. And then an update that absolutely just delights me. And so let, let's start with a delight, James, okay. some delight here. Yeah. Let's delight. Um, <laughs> so C sharp has had, uh, let's say you want a constant string, James, and you need a new line in it. In the old days, we put backslash n, and it was terrible because you could never tell what anything was. And so modern languages have raw strings where you can actually put new lines in them, and sometimes they ignore quotes, but you forget what the quote pattern is and all that. So in C Sharp 11, what we have now are way more powerful raw strings. 
and they're a little bit crazy, <laughs> but they also kind of match how Python does it. So I'm, I'm really charmed because it's, it's similar to Python syntax. Uh, what you can do now is put three. Yes, you heard me. Three double quotes to start a string. And that goes into, I'm going to call it crazy raw string mode, where <laughs> absolutely nothing is escaped. You get no escaping. Uh, mm. Everything is literal. No ooh, backslashes. Ooh. ooh, so this, you know, is really, people can imagine this in their mind. Imagine that you want to put an XML element into a string. <laughs> There's yeah. all sorts of bad stuff in there. You got slashes, you got double quotes, you got all sorts of stuff. And if it's complex, it's going to be on multiple lines. This is a big issue. So you're saying I can go in and do, uh, what is it called? Quote, 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 quote double, double, quote, double, quote, double, <laughs> double quote, double quote, double quote. And then I can do a new line, put anything I want in there. And then a new, new line, double quote, double quote, double quote. And then it, it works. Yeah. And what's really fascinating is that quotes themselves are never quoted. <laughs> this is all so hard to follow. I, I apologize. Um, and they did something very clever. So it's the number of double quotes that you use at the beginning of the string that tells you the number of double quotes you need at the end of the string to terminate it. So it gives you a lot more control over what actually starts the string and what ends the string. Because, you know, the world is crazy, and sometimes the literal strings you put into your code need double quotes themselves mm. for different reasons, you know. I think the worst case, and this is fun because it's right in uh, Kathleen's blog post, is Jason. Because... Uh, Jason has curly braces. Jason has double quotes in it and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should name these things super quotes. Yeah, I mean, super quotes. Well, I can tell you that I've before taken JSON and I've put it like on some website that is like, you know, D make yeah, my J make, <laughs> make my JSON look terrible. Uh, <laughs> and I put it on a single line. It's all long. It's got all the escaped characters and it's just yeah. shenanigans. Pretty much. Right. So it gets worse, though, when you try to do the new hotness, the interpolated strings, where you uh, try to put some, yeah, ooh, because you, you, you want to put some variables in here. Not everything is a constant string. You're trying to present some content to the user, or fill out some JSON, whatever. Uh, and so what we have now is you can actually do string interpolation with the dollar sign in front of these super quoted strings. Ooh. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. But then they went crazy. <laughs> and you can actually use a different number. This is crazy. A different number of dollar signs. Okay. So like four dollar signs, four dollar signs, three quotes. <laughs> and then you can put your stuff. And what the number of dollar signs controls is the number of curly braces you have to use when you want to do variable injection into the string when you want to do the uh, string uh what do they call it <laughs> in line whatever the word is interpolation when you want to put a variable in there uh you, you use curly braces for it and the number of dollar signs changes the number of curly braces james it's absolutely insane and i love it i love it i love how insane it is uh i'm pretty sure i'm going to call this podcast episode ready for it it'll be Dollar sign, dollar sign, double quote, double quote, double quote, curly brace, then curly brace, then then double quote, C sharp, double quote, semicolon, and then I'll do like you know whatever like eleven or something like that. I'll do I'll do something so, quirky. So you everyone know I mean? listening to this yeah. episode who has saw complete gibberish as their episode title, now you know why. <laughs> yes, 
Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. It's going to be, I think quite funny. I'll see what I can do. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways. So this, <laughs> this is, is not, crazy. It's crazy, but honestly, it's a welcome feature because we all do like little simple templates in our code for string output, writing to files, all that kind of stuff. It's one of those funny little features that it'll just be a nice thing to have. To yeah. Around. This is, this is pretty cool. Uh, I gotta say, because we've all struggled with many, many times doing things like this, which is uh, often putting in a, a, a string that has quotes or, or double quotes. I've often just hacked around it by putting single quotes instead of double quotes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm lazy. Thank you, HTML, for supporting both. <laughs> yes, and uh, and and then yeah, I've I've done that before in, in many many a moons. Because not that I'm lazy, it's just like you know I don't want to worry about it. So this is going to be really nice because. Uh, it's very flexible. So this is great motivation yeah. behind it. And this feels like a very, like when I, when I think about these features of C sharp 10 and C sharp 11 and C sharp, all the C sharps, I, I think they're all great additions, right? But then there are features that are, that are highly usable features. Like I will use this feature. So the ones that I said earlier, like the file scope, uh, namespaces and the, um, global using, like these are features I will use in every single project and probably every single page, uh, every single class. Right. So in this instance, it's like, oh, this is a this is a feature that I could use everywhere. Yeah. And I'm definitely using five double quotes as my super oh, quotes. I'm using 17, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> all quotes, <laughs> all quotes. Now, I want to make sure, though, that I want Visual Studio you know, because it'll add like the the quote at the end. I wonder if it'll add mm-hmm. like it's got to add like all seventeen oh, gosh. quotes. The poor IntelliSense <laughs> has to figure this out. Poor Copilot is going to be so confused. <laughs> He's so upset. Oh my goodness, that'd be great. I love it. I I love. I don't. I I don't know. It's such a simple feature, but it just delights me. <laughs> oh, okay. So what do you what do you uh, dislike? What's going on? What's what's your bummer? Over oh, bummer I, I have a small fear, but my small fear comes from James. I I wrote a .NET runtime. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me. I've heard. It's used in an app. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this new feature. It's probably good. Maybe it's good. I haven't made up my mind fully. Attributes. Attributes. Attributes can go on classes. Attributes mm-hmm. can go on methods. Attributes can go everywhere. It's wonderful. Yes. It's a great uh, uh, feature. of. It's a part of .NET. It's not even a part of C Sharp. It's a part of .NET. Uh, one fun thing I don't think people fully, fully grok is... Attributes can kind of run arbitrary amounts of code. (laughs) And when they run, you don't really know when they're going to run. They're very confusing. They're lazily loaded. They're only available through reflection, except for when they're not. (laughs) Sometimes they actually have effect on uh, the compiler and all that. But there is a new addition. And because uh, attributes essentially have to be executed. Uh, And anytime you load a class or create an instance and all that, there are optimizations to make sure we don't actually execute all those things. You know, it's not truly executed. But um, part of that is because of that execution requirement, you were never allowed to have generic attributes, as Mm -hmm. in it takes a type parameter under angly braces or you have to use the word of in Visual Basic. And that was more of a, a runtime limitation because the runtime wanted to guarantee that it could, you know, load classes, execute classes, all that stuff. Okay. 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 So, so people don't know what exactly you're talking about. So you may have an attribute that, um, is like dependency. And then you say type of foo, for example, 
And what you're yes. saying is what you want to do is converter, um, open, open mouth, foo, closed mouth, end attribute. I don't know what the little, bridge, yeah. what are those things called? <laughs> Less than sign, greater than sign. Let's Thank stick you. With those arrows. <laughs> oh, there's a dog. There's a, there's a dog by my foot. I just looked down. There's a oh, dog down there. What a lucky Hello. person you are. Hey, Mel. <laughs> so, so that could, could not happen, which does right. seem kind of crazy seeing that C sharps are this, you know, I, ne- you know, I never, I never thought about this. Yeah, I never I... thought, why doesn't that exist? Yeah, and it was more of just a runtime thing. If you remember, C Sharp came out, it didn't have generics. It was the Comtail version too. Mm-hmm. And so the runtime initially wasn't designed that way. And then I suppose when they added generics, they're like, well, why would anyone ever want <laughs> uh, generic attributes? But there are reasons. The reasons mostly being because you can constrain type types on generic types. So I don't know if you ever do this, but when you write a generic type, you can put a it where or when <laughs> where t implements this interface or where mm-hmm. t is a value type or where t is a has an empty constructor things like that and those are constraints and now you'll be able to add those kinds of constraints so your dependency thing might have a requirement that you inherit from an interface or something weird like that i have no idea <laughs> but it is definitely safer than just passing around type objects around because you can add those kinds of constraints and the compiler can enforce all that stuff got it so you're saying we can we can do this now it's happening so it freaks me out because the whole attribute system is a little bit of a I'm sure it's fully specified somewhere, but it's confusing to implement. And so what it means for me is I have to improve my interpreter to make sure if people start using generic attributes Mm -hmm. that my interpreter can handle them because it is a runtime feature. And it's interesting to see. um, Actually, I'd have to check on that if it's actually a runtime. It might have just been a C-sharp limitation. But uh, certainly, I never implemented it because I'd never seen anyone doing that before. So yeah. now I, it, it means I have to do work, and I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I recently have been using a lot more attributes because I've been really getting into some uh, open source libraries that use source generators, which are the coolest thing under the sun. And mm-hmm. specifically, I've been using some of these MVVM community toolkits, the .NET community sure. toolkit. And what's really nice about that is that you can just add an attribute onto um any any properties let's say you have string first name like just that's it like it's just a private variable you can say observable property and it will generate all of the mvvm code for you Mm -hmm. automatically but i imagine a world where they could start using these generic attributes to specify some you know type of uh you know method that it wants to create or something like that instead of a type of or something like that that'd be kind of cool like if you were doing an ORM, it could be a foreign key constraint to a very specific type, and then the compiler can constrain that type to be, you know, a table type or whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Um, yep. And actually, you, you brought up a good point there. I was trying to think, like, why beef up attributes now? Like, <laughs> why now? We're, we're at version 12 of whatever. But um, 11. Sorry, everyone. Uh <laughs> Why do it? Oh, oh yeah, source generators. <laughs> because all those source generators require pretty specific type information so they can do their job. So that makes sense. I like your theory. All day source generators. All right, before we get into some crazy stuff that's happening in C Sharp 11, let's take a break and let's thank our amazing sponsor this week. You guessed it, Syncfusion. 
That's right, Sync Fusion has a world's best UI component suite for building absolutely anything, whether it's web, desktop, or mobile apps, they got you covered. Whether you're building ASP.NET, Vue, Blazor, ASP.NET Core, Web Forms, JavaScript, Angular, React, jQuery, .NET Flutter, Xamarin, UWP, WinForbes, WPF, WinUI, they got it all. They, they literally have it all. They got all sorts of beautiful controls and widgets and gadgets and all the things that you need to make your applications absolutely stunning. They also have an entire dashboard platform. They have file formats like Excel, PDF, uh, Word, and PowerPoint. And I just did a webinar with them talking about how you can not only use native controls with .NET MAUI and Syncfusion together, but also hybrid controls with Blazor and .NET MAUI, which means you can use all of their Blazor controls, which there's like hundreds of them, and all the .NET MAUI controls all together to create beautiful iOS, Android, Mac, Windows, and web applications as well. Check them out at syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. That is syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. If my webinar is live, I will also put that in the show notes. It should be on their YouTube. But thanks for Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. <laughs> Thank you, Syncfusion. I'm excited. I want to see your webinar. Cool. You should. I think I a little sidebar is I've been trying really hard over the last six months to figure out two things, which is the .NET MAUI pitch, because, you know, I worked mm. at Xamarin and I had like the pitch and worked on the pitch and the wording and this and I did it. And then I'm like, what's the .NET MAUI pitch, which isn't too different than Xamarin no. and Xamarin Forms, yeah. but it's together. And then what, how do you pitch hybrid? And I think I finally cracked the cookie on how I want to present it, but I am very excited about it basically okay <laughs> and i'm ex i'm still uh we'll have to talk about when i actually get around to doing it i do want to try to release a hybrid app just i want the experience mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll definitely get back at that stuff what is a what's a field what's this field thing frank <sighs> james i'll be honest I'm a, I'm a little bit in the dark here <laughs> field field uh have you ever tried to initialize a struct or have an auto property and the, the compiler is just like you never assigned to that field buddy you, you're not doing a good job programming maybe, maybe you should be assigning to your to your fields a little more you ever get that mm -hmm. error yeah yeah i get that error a lot too there's a new keyword field. I don't I don't fully get this. So everyone, please look up the documentation here. But it seems like uh, if you use this magic keyword field, you will get some free initialization. Initialization that you might have thought you were getting already, but you weren't because you didn't mark these things appropriately. So says C Sharp 11. I think this is all just trying to make the record life and the struct life a little more tolerable in C Sharp. Yeah, I'm also seeing that perhaps the field will be used in auto properties where it'll automatically create the backing field for you. Yeah. So we, we've had this, we've had auto properties forever, but um, what if you want to actually control the field used for the auto property? And I Ooh. believe that's where it's just giving you that kind of control. I think, I don't know if it's complete. I need to like, this one we're going to have to do an update on because I yeah. actually need to double check on this. But if this is the case, this would be mind boggling amazing where like you no longer had to create any backing field for any public property ever. Oh my yeah, where, where I always run into having to do fields is when I have like some kind of notified property change and that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's going to help out there. 
Um, but this is definitely helping out with initialization, initialization and that's stuff cool. like that. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's a good point because there's like very often, like what I'll have to do is I have like a list or, or like I have a command or whatever, and like I only want to create that in some instances. I'm never going to use the private thing, but I need to initialize it like on the fly, basically. Um, I think that's what this is doing. All right, well, let's get into the big one, Frank. You ready to get into the? You ready to get into the big one, or I, do you have something else smaller you want to get into? I'm first? curious which one you consider the big one. I'm I'm just nervous that we're whether we're going to agree here or merge conflict here on which one's the big one. I don't know. Should we one two three? Which one's the big one? Oh, <laughs> uh, I the big one for me is the one that's at the bottom, near the bottom of the blog post. And near the bottom, it can't be too important if it's near the bottom of the blog post. No. Well, let, let's run through. Oh, the, you're going to other... bring up bad blood, aren't you? Okay, no. Let me bring up one more thing be- before okay. we bring up bad blood. <laughs> okay, go ahead. There are list patterns now, James. Ooh, we are getting more pattern matching, more pattern matching. And this is a great one where you can actually use square brackets. So it looks like a JSON array or thing like that. And you can actually pattern match the individual elements of the list. And even better than that, you can use dot dot and get like skip the middle part and just capture like the first part and the last part. It's honestly a big missing feature I found in the C sharp pattern matching. And so when if you want to find out if a list contains a certain element at a certain location, it's going to be super convenient for that. Or just handling the base cases, empty list, a list of one element, a list of two elements, you'll be able to break those out much easier. So I am super excited for list patterns. Now, this didn't make uh, Kathleen's blog, but it's it's been merged into Roslyn and they <laughs> most likely won't unmerge it because it's a pretty it's a pretty nice pattern and I haven't seen any kerfuffle on Twitter about it or anything like that. So I think we have now some really cool list pattern matching. Yeah, that's a nice one. The one that did make uh, her list was pattern matching for spans. Now, I don't actually use a lot of spans. Maybe I should be using a lot of spans, but I do know that <sighs> I, I do know that the libraries like ASP.NET Core and like the, the core underlying like frameworks use a lot of spans, which is like a huge boost in performance as well. But now you can like pass in like, let's say a span of chars, cars, chars, yeah. cars, cares. Chairs? I'm terrible. I say cares. <laughs> I say chars. But I try not to say it out loud so people can't hear me. Chars. I do a span of chars. And then cares. Cares. <laughs> because it's a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like a chair, but it's a char. It's a char. Char. Anyways, so you can like return switch on that. And let's say you could say ABC. And then that's our example in here, which is nice. And then if it if it's there, it, w- it would know what it is, uh, which is really cool. So I think that's that's neat. It's like yeah. basically pattern matching as if it was a string, but it's a span of chars or um, read only as well. So then you get like, yeah. it'll check for null as well, which is cool. So dope. This is super important when you're trying to get um, high throughput. Uh, you're trying to avoid memory copies. The big problem with string is it's always an allocation, always a memory copy. That's uh-huh. a string. Unless you use intern strings, but that's complicated. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> and that's why the ASP.NET people especially have pushed so hard forward with um, span and read-only span. I, I like read-only span too. 
don't forget them. And I like it because it has a little bit of a contract. You can't change the data underneath it. And so this pattern matching is honestly just, you know, beautiful sugar that kind of should have been there because if you've adopted the span lifestyle, <laughs> then you're missing out on a lot of pattern matching stuff. And so they're just improving the pattern matching with span, especially span of care. Now you can match against strings. Very clever. This honestly, I'll probably change um, how my C sharp, uh, C sharp, how my C lexer works for my C language and I circuit. Mm. This is perfect for that kind of stuff. Boom. All right, let's get down to it. This happened. Oh boy. Feature removed, Frank. I did a whole video on it. I did a whole video on it. I was so excited. (sighs) No, we were excited. We were all excited. No, it's not true. The entire internet almost revolted against C sharp. James, we are talking about exclamation point, exclamation point, also known as bang, bang, also known as chick, chick. Um, I don't know. Yes, it was ugly syntax. But yes, it also fulfilled a huge need we have in C Sharp. What's that need you may be asking if you haven't run into this? Sometimes, you know, even though you're using null reference checking, some evil, evil doer out there will pass in a null into your function. And so you should have some argument checking in your function. We're all so tired of boilerplate code. You know, life is hard. We don't want to be typing boilerplate code. And so instead of doing the null check ourselves, like we've been doing for years, you could put chick chick at the end, and it was going to do that for you. But no, the internet revolted. They said chick chick is bad, and they removed it. Yeah, it's gone. There was, you know, the argument null exception throw if null that you can pass in, which is a nice uh, alternative that was introduced in. Throw me a bone. (laughs) Yeah, it's there. Um. I will say this, though, I did do a video, I'll I'll throw this in there, which was on also the community toolkit. Uh, There's a library that they have as a guard method. And what you can do is you can say guard and you could say, you know, is null, is not null, is greater than, is less than, is all these other things. And it will throw the correct exception for you. So I don't know what the feedback was. Maybe it was too scoped down to just strings. uh, No, or no. It wasn't limited to strings. Um, Jared Parson was nicely on Twitter giving some feedback. So you had just mentioned that one, like uh, it can do greater than and less than and all those. Mm-hmm. Jared was making the point that they did a research on like what guards, what in um, whatever in- input validation that you want to do. What is what are the numbers out there? What are people actually doing with that kind of stuff? And it's mm-hmm. something like 98% of it is just null checking. Yeah, And so it seems smart to have syntax in a language to do a pattern that we all do. Certainly, you can express that in a language. We've been doing it since C-sharp 11. But the point of a programming language, in my opinion, is to take common patterns and give concise syntax for it. That's all we're doing. We could be writing an assembler, everyone, but we choose not to. We want better syntax for writing our programs. And that's what a programming language is. So I'm a little bit sad, especially it's tricky to add a big feature like this because C Sharp has been so good at backwards compatibility. They don't want to break any old code. It's a really, it's a great feature of the language that they never break old old code. Unfortunately, um, adding syntax to a language that can't break old code is very hard. They found some syntax and I think people just found it objectionable. I I honestly don't understand people's objection uh, to it. It's a tricky one. I mean, and you said in a good tweet, which was, if we had this, basically all of our, you know, operator things would now be doubled up. We'd have double quotes. Yeah. We'd have triple, you know, we'd have double. I was uh, just having signs. fun. Yeah. 
So. We're running out of operators, so every, we need to double them all. Yeah, we got like two dollar signs, three double quotes. We got plus plus, <laughs> minus minus, four hashtags. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sad. I hope they try again. I really do. I, I will say this though, Nick Chappis, uh, Ch- Chapsis, I, Nick. I'm sorry if I if you're listening and I your last name. I have a also a last name that's hard to pronounce, so I am sorry. Uh, but Nick is great YouTube channels. I've been doing stuff and he did a, a YouTube survey. You can do like little surveys in your community. I think he got like six or 7,000 response mm. and it was 60% or like 50%, you know, there were like, I wish they would have kept it. Then yeah. there was like 25% that's like, I don't care. And then 25% mm. that was like, I hate it. Right. So, but 25%. Oh, okay. 25% of all C sharp developers, if 25% of them hated it, if you just they didn't you have to use it, you didn't you have know, to use it's it. It's not forcing it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Frank. Bang, I think, bang, it, bang, I, I think bang. if it was two shots, it was wow. Down. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. Bang, bang. <laughs> too hey, soon, James. Shot too it soon. down. Bang, bang. Yeah. I think if it was just one bang, maybe, maybe people would have accepted it. Maybe, maybe the two was too much. Hmm. Wasn't the wasn't the single isn't the single bang used for something though? Single bang is used for asserting not null in oh, an expression. Yes. It's not allowed in a parameter right now. Yeah. So it could be used. I think they chose not to do it because it would be confusing. What you have to keep in mind is null reference checking is a compile time feature. Null checking is a runtime feature. Yeah, making double certain <laughs> that no one's messing with you. Curve. And uh, to be clear, I and I, I I I made this tweet I think, but I don't know if I was super clear. C sharp is a safe language. You don't need any of this stuff. You never need to check for null. The runtime will do that for you, guaranteed. Yeah. All you are doing is improving the error message. Yes. <laughs> because we've true. all tried to track down a terrible null problem and we all get annoyed. And that's why we add uh, argument null checking. So all we're really doing is improving an error message. We are not making our programs better. And that's why it really kind of makes me mad. Because like, yeah, make it easy for me to produce good errors. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I don't know. I feel oh, well. defeated. Yeah. I like I, that I, one. Well, and the advantage there, right, is if let's say you weren't checking for null ahead of time, right? Like you would get a null exception um, and then you would get some stack trace. Yeah. But the difference here is that you would be able to check against that null earlier in execution in the runtime, which would make it very clear that it, this specific variable was null and not muddy down into your actual um, method. Yeah, you sometimes have to keep it clear in your head. What what is a programmer note and what is actually needed? Like yeah. throwing an exception is easy. It's a managed runtime. It's gonna be safe. The question is, are you catching that exception and are you dealing with it properly? That's what you should be paying attention to. Not mm-hmm. not argument nulling every single gosh darn thing. The other benefit of argument nulling is you know where the exception's gonna originate from, but even that's a little bit of a lie because we never get it 100% correct. So yeah. I, I try to remind myself that all that stuff is just trying to improve the error message. Yep, that makes sense. Mm. Well, mm. it is what How is it, it is. possible that 
we have a .NET 7, C Sharp 11, and Maui on .NET 6 coming out. Life is crazy, James. But you know what? I think I'm finally getting comfortable with it all. That that release candidate of Maui made me feel a lot more confident in everything. And so uh, I'm, I was honestly ignoring news about .NET 7 because all I care about is Maui and, you know, all the mobile apps and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I'm starting to actually pay attention to .NET 7. <laughs> It's all happening slowly, but surely. That is for sure. All right, Frank. Well, that's going to do it with our C-sharp 11 escapades over here. Uh, I'm excited to see how it <laughs> progresses. There's going to be more stuff that's thrown in there. There's going to be more stuff that maybe doesn't make it. Uh, but uh, to me, I'm I, I'm excited, especially for the... I now understand the rostering literals, which is an interesting yeah. name, but I, I get it. I'm into it. And I am excited to see what this episode title is. <laughs> me too. So... We'll find out because it'll be out because you'll you'll have seen it by the time this yeah. is out. Everyone knows. They know. I don't know. It's, they know. it's weird. T- time travel is weird. And I don't know yet, but I will know when it comes out when I post it live. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. How, how do anyone do? <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks to Sync Fusion again for sponsoring this week's pod. Syncfusion.com slash Merge Conflict. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.